G'day everybody and welcome to The Craft Doctors. Uh, you might be hearing a different voice, that's because Steve is away on a much earned break, but it is I, the dulcet tones of John Crockett, here for The Craft Doctors this Friday afternoon or evening or even morning, whenever you may be listening. Uh, I, we do have a special guest this week. He is one quarter of The Draft Doctors. Uh, he's into his NFTs, the master of SEOs, and he likes to dabble in the craft beer on the side. It is Cam, I'm going to say McLaughlin, because I can't remember his last last name. That's okay. And I'm trying to rebrand to just Cam. Now that Hamish is and, and Gil is going out the door, it's sort of like, well, that joke's gone. Wait, and where's it Hamish going? Uh, no, I, I'm a couple of pints in already, so I meant to say Gil, uh, but said Hamish. We're off to a great start, is, is what uh, this is. It's it's a it's a off brand of the craft doctors and what sort of a pot is it if there's not chaos? I I think my favourite thing about this is through the week when Steve did Steve put you up to this by the way did he say I'll oh, go and do this? He said interview whoever the hell you want. Oh wow! Oh, I was picked three. Well, who'd you turn uh, down? Or who who turned? He you said Stato. I'm like, well, he doesn't drink craft beer. Yep. And I could have got our mate Costa. Yeah. You, you know, from our home league, who's won three years in a row. Yeah. I just don't want to sit there for half an hour hearing that shit. So, <laughs> uh. Yeah, because when I got the call up, I was like, this is... And when it was going to be you and I, Steve was like, that's real Frost-Nixon vibes. And I, I thought that was apt until I realised that I'm Nixon. And then I was like, well, shit. Yeah, here we are, I guess. Uh, look, we, we've had a few beers before when you used to live down here in, in old Melbourne town. and Yeah. Um, I remember, I think we went to a preseason game, Bulldogs, North Melbourne. I think we were the only two or three people there for the it whole was, game. And- look, you could hear us definitely on uh, screaming around. And from memory, Josh Walker was the, the next big thing. So uh, obviously and then COVID so, hit. And then COVID hit. And also Josh Walker was never going to be the next big thing. So, no. um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, good fun. Good fun. So what are you actually drinking today? So I've gone, I wanted this show, like as soon as... You know, you were like, oh, do you want to come on the Craft Doctors? I was like, man, Brisbane has so many good craft breweries these days, like really good ones. So I wanted to showcase. I, I agree because I was up there 2019, I reckon. Yeah. And just around that, uh, I'm going to say Fortitude Valley, is it? You've yeah. got probably four or five breweries within one to two K radius walking distance. It's awesome. It's, it's crazy. Like Newstead is, yes. is, so that'll be like your um, Green your Beacon. First stop. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's that other one? Range, like all those, like really good, like unique craft breweries where they're brewing like random stuff every couple of months. It, it's just a good, good time for it in Brisbane. So I want to make sure that the show represented some of Brisbane's best. And I know you've got a a bit of a, a common common crafty yeah. from from the Queensland region, Gold Coast. We do try, we do try to keep it keep it local. You know those those yeah. you know can't get down to a. Um, an independent craft beer place that, you know, you have to get off the shelf or, you know, core range beer that half doesn't drink. So I've gone with the um, the Black Hops Goat Hazy IPA. Um, and I've had this many, many a times and it's a solid drink. Not overly hoppy. Um, the haziness is there. It's good. It's really, really subtle in, in the drink it is. I've, um, that's my go-to beer. Like these days, if I'm if I'm going to get a cheeky four pack on the way home, I grab a, a Black Ops Goat. But tonight, I've gone with a, a 
brewery that I've really enjoyed. They've sort of been around for about three. Oh, sorry. Let me just go off the can because it's their fifth fifth birthday anniversary beer that I'm drinking. But um, they've been around for five years out of Yeronga, which is a, a town that's kind of southeast of um, Brisbane. And it's called Slipstream Brewing. And this one is an imperial stout. I haven't tried it just yet. The tasting notes are, this is how we celebrate black as pitch and twice as thick. This monster will hit you with a mouthful of strong coffee and bitter dark chocolate, but beware, it's seriously smooth and dangerously Moorish, which at a 3.9 standard drinks feels like it could be quite dangerous. So I'll give it a quick sip. We'll see how we go. Not even drinking out of a glass. Tisk, tisk, tisk. You see, you give me shit for this all the time, and I know I'm going to cop it from every craft drinker out there. Fuck off. Like, it's, you, you do understand the purpose of pouring the beer out of a can. Yeah, you, 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 you get more of the smell effect, right? And flavour. It carbonates. It's you know, it's, It releases the flavour yep. when you crack that can. That's the whole idea of it. So then you pour it in. The, it, it releases more flavour, so you get a better... A better in, experience i i understand all that but i reckon that's a five percent improvement on a 95 percent really good drink and so for me like i've just come home from work uh we're recording a little bit late because i was running a bit late and johnny you had to put down the little one as well but you know for me it's like get into it crack the beer i don't care if it's perfect i'll take the 95 percent anytime and i know it's it's actually it is quite moorish to be honest it if i was to say what it tastes like it's kind of like a bit of a it kind of tastes just like Cadbury Dairy Milk Block. Yeah, they're the dangerous ones. The, yeah. They're not... Like for an Imperial Stout, if that's the case, generally they can be a little bit like boozy uh, in terms of alcohol, where the alcohol just like punches through it and that's all you really taste. But if that's the case, that's really subtle. And I've had a lot of beers where, you know, they're five or six standard drinks and it drinks like something that's 1.5 standard drinks and you're like, this is not boozy as hell. I could smash this, but I'd die. Yeah, correct. And I, I know after this, so it's a four, four, it's a 500 mil can. So I know after I finish this one, I'm probably, probably not. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Especially <laughs> yeah. after a couple of pints at the, at the local with a, a couple of work friends. But yeah, that's the beer slipstream. Get into it if you can. Uh, I know, you know, craft cartel and, and the, those guys offer them. So order them remotely and, and get a couple shipped in. They're pretty good. So are they still in that side? I can't remember if you said it or not. Are they in that same sort of areas, like Felons no. and all that? No. no. So it's a little bit off. Felons is not that great. Just no. low-key. It's a, it's got a, the best location in Brisbane, but it's a so-so brewery. But um, it's kind of... You need to travel about 10, 10 minutes out of the city um, to get bad. to this one. And, and it's a really good sort of gastropub-type vibe there as well so you can go have a couple of pints couple of meals i had the fourth edition of this beer um last year and i'd had i reckon four of their ipas and i was like i'll just get a roadie takeaway home because i i picked it up and i didn't really read what was on the label i didn't see it was an imperial stout and then i got (laughs) home cracked it and started sipping it i was like Damn, I am pretty messed up right now. And I looked at yeah, it and I was like, just Geez. grab an imperial stamp for a roadie. Well, I, did, I just, <laughs> I should have read it right, but I probably couldn't read straight after an IPA. Um, the the I the amount of IPAs I'd had. And they've got like a little kids area and stuff, so you can you know go there with the family. It's a good spot. Is the um, hazy IPA craze still going strong 
up there in, in Queensland or Brisbane? Um, I, I think it's kind of moving a little bit. So, mm. like, the stouts are in vogue for sure. Um, yeah, winter gen- it generally is. There's a couple of a really good brewery that's opened up two streets over from where I live called Parched um, Brewery. They, they're doing a, a good winter harvest Australian pale ale. And it's like, it's the mark on so many levels, to be honest. Like, it's a mm. really easy drink. It's about 5% and it... Um, you know, it's a little bit hoppy as an aftertaste, but it's it's damn good drink. And I think that kind of easy drink beer, regardless of if it's hazy, regardless of if it's Australian Pale, IPA, etc., is in vogue at the moment in Brisbane. So it's sort of like, yeah. what can I have a session on that isn't yeah. going to completely fuck me up? I think that's that's what's happening in Victoria. There's a lot of the sessional beers, lagers are coming in. Yeah. Sours are getting popular. Just people want sessional beers, not here's a, another hazy, juicy IPA that tastes like mango, tropical, orange juice, tangerine. Yeah. Like, I've had it before. Like, give me something different. Give me you something sessionable. You know what's really growing here as well? Bloody seltzers, man. Hard seltzers yeah. are, you know. That, came, that was here for a summer and disappeared. Yeah, it's probably not so much a winter thing, but damn, they could be pretty good over summer anyway. Oh, like if you do a bit of garden work or something, they're pretty good just to smash like two or three of them because it's like carbonated lolly water. Basically. Yeah, yeah, it's super easy drink and low on the carbs. And I, I know, like, you know, like this beer at the moment is basically dinner. You know, yeah, there's, that's right. There's there's a fair bit of you know health conscious, crafty folk out there, and I, I reckon you know that could be the next big thing. Like, how do you lower the calories of a a good beer and make it taste good. Mm. I'm not too sure, but I hope they don't. But moving on, we are here to talk about your home league as well. And oh. I do remember seeing you live stream it on Twitch one year. Yeah. Please, for the listeners, just tell us what your setup is, what do you play, yep. um, how do you run, and go from there. So we do, we've been experimenting over the last couple of years. I think we've been going for now nine years. Um, and, you know, happy with the longevity of the, the league, to be honest. We've had a couple of people leave and a couple who joined, but it's still remained probably the core eight people since the start, which has been really good. But the the setup has changed considerably because we're trying different things to force more trades. Like, everyone enjoys the trade aspect, yeah. creates the most controversy in the league. Um, you know, someone's always disappointed that someone's made another trade that, you know, is in someone's favour and all. You know, we want to create more of that. And so we just try different things. And this year we went for a, um, so a five, seven, one, five, eight league. So, yeah, so deep, deep league. Um, and the intent was, was that, that for COVID cover or? There was part of it for COVID cover, um, for sure. But then we also, the hypothesis was that we'd have more ship players that could be steak knives in trades that might tip you over the edge. So like if yeah, okay. if you if you're offering like two for twos or one for ones, maybe there's a you know two for three, and that third person is like a I don't know, um, Braden Fiorini or whatever that gets it over the line, uh, even though he's not playing at the moment, but he's got the upside that maybe he tips someone across the edge for a trade, and that was kind of kind of the logic behind it. It's maybe worked. Like we've had, is, that, is this a keeper league or a single season? Sing, single season, so real deep for single season. I know that the like the rebuttal to it was, well, what's the waiver going to look like? 
there's going to be nothing there. And the waiver obviously being a key part of the league. And it's been pretty good. Like one of, one of the guys who's dead last, and maybe it's just a really good year for waivers, right? But one of the guys who is dead last at the moment has picked up guys like Himmelberg, Haitley, and a few other gems that are bringing him back to, you know, he, he could end up in finals contention where he's playing at the moment. A um, couple of smart trades away from from being really dangerous. So I, yeah, I, I don't think, nice. I think the slight was your waiver will be terrible, but it's actually not proven true. There's enough there to, there's enough un, undiscovered gems pre-season that fall through the cracks. Well, that's right. And it's always stated that more emerge, like, you know, no one's drafting Himmelberg, but what was it, four weeks, five weeks ago, he gets pushed back. And now he's probably close to a top, Top ten forward in the last half dozen oh. rounds, so or the top four in the last that, half dozen rounds, and that's it. And we we didn't see guys. the The concern was as well, like when you have injuries, etc., that they just end up getting held on to for the longest period of time, and no one will trade them and all that sort of stuff. But you know, Riley Bonner back in the pool straight away, like those kind of guys that are middling defenders forwards. People have been pretty harsh about it, to be honest, because everyone's got such a deep bench that they're tr- trying to get more lottery tickets than they probably should. It, mm. It's So it's provided a different dynamic anyway. I don't know if we'd run with it next year, but it's um it's definitely been an interesting experiment. Mm. Yeah. I know with our league that people do tend to hang on to injured players for much longer than they should. Uh, we have one guy in our league, unfortunately. He was sitting pretty in, in second place, but now he's just copped Tom Stewart, Bailey Smith, and Max Gorn. Oh. And he was holding, he was holding like Hopper, Hunter, oh. Oh. and he just had to just like he's just. And I'm good thing I'm playing him this week. So, well, he's got Lucky Hunter back, man. So he's going. No, no, no. He dropped sp- into the pool. So I dropped oh. Dom Sheed and picked up Lucky Hunter. <laughs> yeah, Dom Sheed with shin splints. It seems. Mm. No, not it's a TBC, but yeah, yeah, I'm like I can't hold that. I'm, give me a playing Lucky Hunter. He might yeah. score me fifty, oh, but sure. he's got to roll that dice. Solid 50, um, but I agree well, with rolling the dice. Well, Daniel out, Bailey Williams go to the back line, Lockie Hunter onto a wing. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can I can definitely see a 50. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually <laughs> oh. trying to trade for, for Lockie Hunter in the background while we're recording this, but yeah, I, I see it not going so well, but I'm keen to get on board. Oh, well, Bailey the Butcher and Bailey Williams, he needs to get off that wing. Well, he yeah, I, terrible. I, I dropped him to the, to the waiver. Um this week, I, I picked him up a few weeks back and rode the, the upside. But then, you know, after that thirty last week, yeah, it lost me my game last week against what probably the second bottom team, and I, I wasn't happy. So he's he's been thrown away. <laughs> Don't worry, Steve. Steve streamed him against me this week, and I beat him by about four hundred points. But oh, it didn't matter then. Didn't, didn't matter. matter. You wouldn't no. want a Bailey Williams to decide your game, would you? Oh no, God no. So uh, how are you actually travelling in your in your league at the moment? Uh, top of the pops, mate. I top am, of the pops. I'm top of the ladder by a game, I think. So we do our our score. Ours just based on points for rather than percentage. Okay. Um, I'm a game clear and about a thousand points ahead. So I'm, I'm on a, a bit of a roll, but I've copped Tim English. Um, who else? Brandon Parfit, like a couple of middling guys that. I really need to play soon. Um, otherwise, I'm going to start for, you know, 
dropping a few games. Not not overly concerned. We play a top, um, pretty forgiving finals format, to be honest. Yeah. What's uh, the finals format there? So we do we do eight of a 10-team ten, ten league. So there's eight in a final, and then two play in the Busey Bowl, Gary Busey yeah. being our, um, our bottom-tier representative. Um, and, yeah, yeah, so we, we just... Um, Basically, everyone gets a ticket to the finals. We find that it maybe increases engagement with the league. Yep. So we've got we've got maybe, and it's frustrating as someone who like really is into fantasy football, right? So you've got probably in our league at least six people who are just like gung ho fantasy football. Um, all the stats, all the everything, buy all the things, like read all the articles, all that sort of stuff, listen to the podcasts. But then you've got four that are maybe less interested but love the banter. And and are just in, yeah. in it to be, you know, good mates and all that sort of stuff. And so we want to make sure those bottom four are engaged as long as possible. Uh, so once they mathematically can't do it, they just don't go. Correct. Don't Cor- set a lineup, whatever. Correct. Or, or like start doing trades where it's like, oh, that's probably not an okay trade because you're just throwing people away to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we... We think it works, but it is frustrating for the people who put more time in because you have someone who comes eighth, for example, doesn't really care that much and knocks you out in the first week of finals. That, Can you, that yeah. is tough. So we had we had it used to have eight, and then because we play super coach, they actually change it to a Ooh. six six player finals, and it changed the dynamic of the league so much. When really. We it did because people were like, well, I'm seventh or eighth. I'm going to play finals. But as soon as we change it to six, everyone's clawing for that sixth spot and even competing for the top two because top two get the week off. Yeah, okay. So, and like, so through buy rounds, people just hold injured players, whatever. But now this ad drops, trades, like everyone in the, in the league's done a trade this year. Yeah, nice. So, which hasn't happened, I don't think, ever. So, it's people are scrambling and like even in the buy rounds, people who weren't in contention really for that top two, but they're on the precipice of making top six, add dropping players, just trying mm. to get in, mm. just trying to fight for it, which is amazing. So everyone's engaged in our league and I think it's great. Yeah, I think that's cool. Like maybe we'll try that next year. Like we, as I say, we sort of do one experiment every year to change things up. Basically, the who was the was it Steve Hawking? We're basically Steve Hawking, but as a league. Oh, we Brad Scott now, isn't it? Yeah, Brad. Oh my God, terrible. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll be Cam Scott. <laughs> oh God, you definitely off the pod. I think it's Cam them. Scott. This interview's over. Let's bring on Cam Scott. Um, yeah, but otherwise, like my trading this year has been, I reckon it might have come close to costing me the year. Like, I, I traded so, for so the sake you, of trading. Did you draft like a reasonably good team at the start of the year? It was pretty hot fire. I feel like I did pretty well at the draft. Um, yeah. like Tim English at F3 he's just absolutely uh, Heaney Dunkley so my forward line was unreal yeah um, I had Brad Crouch who's come back from the dead last year a couple of really good mids I think just off the top of, off the top of my head um, my one area where I really lacked was defence and, yeah. and I think my biggest challenge today has been trying to get that defense back to scratch so my mid also had oliver wines had um andy brayshaw like i I nailed the draft right but um 
defense was, you know, Zach Tui, Brad Hill. Like it was pretty pretty awful to be honest. And I've since traded in. I had Alex Witherden to be honest, but he yeah. he's been amazing. But he's he's not even in the first anymore. And so I've since traded in guys like Dyson Heppel and Isaac Cumming um, to my team. But it's probably co- it cost me a Caleb Sarong, who after trading him out started to average a hundred over a few games, and then a few other guys that yeah. I, I got Harry Schoenberg for some reason. I think it was steak knives in a trade. I don't know. Yeah, I think I've probably started to maybe trade to the detriment of the rest of my team. So with that, do you have any sort of punishments or draft? I know you have a big draft day shindig normally because you have people international, is that correct? Yeah, draft day for us is normally like we rent an apartment that's got good Wi-Fi. We basically all set up, you know, draft and then we end up at the casino almost every every year doesn't matter where we are we always end up at the casino everyone loses money someone will win money you know that's the day like it's really simple keep it keep it really simple there's a bunch of guys that just get really high like just smoke just a truckload of weed while they're drafting and it's just um i'm not one of those people because I, i'd make the worst decisions ever like there's that one guy interesting this- like like I've done, like I drafted pretty heavily intoxicated this year, yeah. and I'm, I'm doing okay. But I've seen not only myself but Steve. Steve, you won. Not only was he hosting and doing the whole blackboard thing, yeah, he was heavily intoxicated. Yeah, he proceeded to come dead last. So, so I think yeah. you find that balance when you're drafting, especially like for people like us who are heavily invested on draft and like to draft good teams. So, so there was this one guy this year, and it's such an interesting strategy, and I'm, I'm really, it, it hasn't paid off, right? But it's been funny to watch. He went into the season, and into the draft, and he's like, "I'm going to pick two people for every pick, and then I'm going to flip a coin, and that's it." And he did it the whole draft, and he's t- like, "Man, it was, it was bloody." So I was drafting next to him in the, in the list. And you just have no idea what's about to happen, right? So, so he's like, I'm going for a forward. I'm going to go Dunkley or Toronto or something Yeah, like and that. I'm sitting there going, well, I want, I want Dunkley. <laughs> so you better not, <laughs> don't land on Dunkley. You know, it, it was pretty, pretty funny, pretty funny stuff. Um, but yeah, we like we tried that sort of draft day on Twitch, like you mentioned. It was, yeah. you know. Was that a COVID year or just? I honestly can't even remember, remember. I don't think it was. I think we might have done it like the year before COVID and then we might have done it the year of COVID as well. Um, yeah. But I was, remember that started like 7am in the morning. Yeah. I'm still tuning in. Like I was shopping in and out for the day. Yeah. It was like 6pm and it was just like the six stages of camp. <laughs> it, <was like laughs> it gets super loose. <laughs> it got, it got, yeah. It just, I think by the end of it, you were just like 10 cans deep smashing fried calamari and yes. frankfurt and batters. Yes, Just absolutely yep. hammered. That sounds about right, and that's that's kind of where we end up, to be honest. And then, and shortly after that, we probably headed to the casino, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's about about it. We did it one year, um, and we sort of brought it back this year. Is you, you do a survey at the start of the year, and just give 
you know, who you think is going to be the worst fantasy player, who's going to win the league, yeah. who's that and the other, and then like, sort of like closest to pin. Like, um, like I, even on, on the commission league, I didn't organise it, but uh, someone else in the league does. And then we, at the end of the year, we um, we get together wherever and just on grand final day, and we um, hit the piss and then just read out the results and have a few little fun prizes. Like, nothing, nothing special, just... Couple of voucher here or there, or buy a beer or something like that. So it's yeah, something like that that might be looked at as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. How are you going with the little one, man? She's right. I think she's shitting on me. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's part oh, of yeah, man. Because you... it does smell. No, it does smell. and it's not a hazy IPA. Well, oh. you need to understand, like the poos that you're getting right now, savor those poos because it's no, no, no. She farts like a father, and they stink like a father. Mate, you have until she's eating solids. You actually you have smelled no, nothing. You haven't smelt, you know, nothing. <laughs> it it gets severe. Uh, before we wrap it up, one question I can't even remember actually how it really happened is, but how did you actually um, come on board with the draft doctor? Honestly, I didn't listen to the draft doctors. I didn't really listen to yeah. podcasts. Um, but I, I'm a keen keen writer like i really really enjoy writing uh and you guys put out a you know a call on twitter for you know a writer to help out and i i responded with a you know hey here's what i can do and here's an example and that was about it and it was it was from a like honestly i didn't know who you were and i think it was my mate mickey who was like man you might be really keen on this because in my home league like i'd won at that point, I think I'd won three or five years, or or something yep. similar. Like I, he was like, "You you might be keen on this." So I, yeah, submitted the article. Steve liked it, I guess. Started writing for a bit for you guys with the injury article, and then got the call up oh, yeah. to the to the pod, and that was oh, no. kind of it. Well, I think as you can hear, little little Crockett is. About to lose her absolute marbles. And please, Cam, I know you're going to be editing it. Even though you're a guest on the show, you're going to be editing this. So, but leave it all in because everyone loves hearing a baby cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to change your bum because I really think you did a shit on me. <laughs> all right, listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>